Uh, we're going to welcome Chris Harrington to the stage, and we're going to open up God's Word to Psalm 34. So if you have a copy of God's Word, go ahead and open it up to Psalm 34, and Chris will be reading uh, verses 1 through 8 for us. So let's give him our best attention as he reads God's Word. Let's do it together. All right, let's read together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Amen. Praise God. Let's give it up for Chris. Thanks for reading the word for us, brother. Appreciate it. And let's, uh, let's pray together and open our time in God's word with a, with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your amazing grace, your amazing love, your amazing mercy to us, Lord God, we're so thankful for the temperatures outside. God, it was uh, steaming hot last Sunday, and now it's really comfortable, God. And we're very, very grateful this morning for the breeze and for the temperatures. God, thank you for your mercy to allow us to gather together. Lord, we pray that you would bless the Word of God as it's read, as it's heard, as it's studied together, God. May we see your goodness and your glory. And so, Lord, I'm asking... That you would save anybody from their sins who doesn't know you, Jesus. Who's walking with a hard heart. God, would you please work through the word by your spirit. And pray, Lord, I pray for believers who know you, God. That may you just give them such joy and growth in who you are this morning. May it just be a transformational morning. Thank you, God, for all that you've already done. Thank you for what you're going to do in these moments to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as we approach Psalm 34, uh, here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, church. Be happy, right? Um, because I'm happy. Clap your hands. If you feel like happiness is the truth, okay? There's a lot of songs written about happiness, and you don't have to search that far to find songs written about the joy or the desired joy of humans. So my question for you, don't raise your hands. My question for you is, do you want to be happy? Okay, the answer, if you did raise your hands, 100% of the hands are going in the air saying, yes, I want to be happy in my life. Of course you want to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. But Psalm 34 is going to tell us this morning that the truly happy people in this life are the people who praise Okay, the people that are happy in life are the people 
who praise God the most. Can I get a witness? Amen? All right. So in order to be a praising person, someone who praises God, you have to meet Jesus first, right? You can't be happy and you can't praise unless you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's the attitude and the, and the message of the scriptures. Only Jesus can make you happy. Amen? Only Christ can make you happy. And if you are happy in Jesus, you will begin to praise the name of God. So David writes this psalm, Psalm 34, and he writes it after a really dramatic uh, brush with death. Um, He writes it in the context of being delivered from King Abimelech of of the Philistine uh, people. And, and in 1 Samuel chapter 21 is where you can read that story. And if you haven't read that story before, I would encourage your afternoon reading to be 1 Samuel 21. Because David is in the middle of a Philistine city and he is literally drooling, all right, down his beard. He's got, he's got drool and stuff, spit going down his beard. Any bearded guys want to give us an illustration of that this morning? Okay, he's got, he's got, he's faking like he's mad. He's clawing at the entry gates of the city. And the King Abimelech thinks he's crazy. And they're like, yeah, this can't be King David. Let's let him go. So David is released. He's delivered by God. And then he writes this psalm as a response to God's deliverance in his life. And so it's a really, it's a really incredible psalm. Uh, We're only going to be able to dig into the first few verses of it because of time. But the psalm, like Psalm 25, is an acrostic psalm, which means that each verse parallels a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So there's 22 verses in this psalm, just like in Psalm 25. And that means that every verse parallels, right, one of the um, Hebrew alphabet letters. So I would summarize Psalm 34 as the first 10 verses as a song, okay? Psalm 34 is like a song in the first 10 verses. And the last 10 verses, the last 12, is more of a sermon. So it's a song and then a sermon, okay? But Psalm 34, 8, David says the heart of the psalm in verse 8. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So the Hebrew word there for taste means to perceive or to eat. Okay, so David is saying, oh, taste or eat and then see that the Lord is good. All right, so I have an illustration. I need a kid volunteer. This must be the morning of kid volunteers. I need a kid volunteer. Okay, raise your hand if you want to come up. Cookies are on the line, people. Cookies are on the line. All right? Can I get it? Can I get it? Wow. I thought this would be a lot easier. Okay. Wait, who, who's being pointed to? Tyler? Okay, Tyler Toller. Get over here. Tyler. Let's give it up for Tyler. Yeah, come on, Tyler. Okay, so Tyler, stand here. All right, I hold in my hand a package of Girl Scout lemonade cookies, and all God's people said... Amen, right? Amen for the Girl Scouts, a fantastic organization that makes cookies. Now, if I give this gift to Tyler, I'm giving him lemonades. 
How many of you like lemonades? Yeah? Okay. Lemonades, savory slices of shortbread with a refreshingly tangy lemon-flavored icing, okay? So Tyler, if I'm going to give you these cookies, right, as a gift, what would be your intention? Like, what's the end result of me giving you this? You're going to eat it, right? All right, you might eat the entire sleeve during this sermon. Can I get a witness? Can I get a high school appetite witness, right? So if I give you these cookies, all right, and I put these in your hands, you got to do something with it. Now, if Tyler took these cookies and he got a group of his friends together to do an inductive study on the reality of the tangy, refreshingly tangy lemon-flavored icing, and they did a study for about a week on how the icing was put together, how it was put on the cookie. Um, By the end of the week, you would have some knowledge in your head about how the icing gets on the lemonade cookies, right? But you have not yet eaten the cookies, right? Okay? So then after he does the study with his friends, he goes to Jim and Jess, his parents, and he says, Mom, Dad, hey, can I get your opinion? Can you write a little report for me about about lemonade cookies and maybe how good they are? You've tasted them before. And then Jim and Jess, of course, give you a report. That takes another week. So if, if, if he has gone two weeks after receiving the lemonade cookies without eating them, you would say, the whole church would say, he's insane. Amen? Because I give him the cookies because he needs to what? Taste and see if these lemonades are any good. Right? So to properly apply the gift, I'm going to open these, Tyler, for you right now. And you're going to take a lemonade. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay, now go ahead. Taste and see. Okay, what do you think? Good? Okay, oh, taste and see that the lemonades are good. Let's give it up for Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. You can have a seat. Okay, that's an illustration to say what? For Tyler to really enjoy the lemonades. He doesn't need to know a lot about the Girl Scout Association. He doesn't need to have his friends do a study. He doesn't need information piled up in his brains. He needs to experientially taste the cookie to see that it is good. May I address you guys this morning as our church to say, it's not enough for you to have some knowledge of God that somebody else told you about. Amen? It's not good enough, according to Psalm 34, for you to have information plowed into your brain by somebody else And that substitutes as your walk with God. If you're going to really praise God, you have to taste God. Amen? If you're going to really experience Jesus, you have to taste God. You have to eat God. You have to partake of God through Jesus. And you're probably saying, Pastor, you're sounding a little weirdo, right? Taste God, eat God, partake of God. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you think I'm sounding weird, Jesus Christ did it in front of 20,000 people. In front of 20,000 people in John 6, Jesus said, If you want to have eternal life inside of you, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And if you don't do that... You're not going to heaven. Jesus would say, if you don't have a personal relationship with me, you're not going 
to heaven. That's what it means to taste and see that God is good. You have to eat Jesus. You have to drink Jesus. And what does that mean? It means that you need to recognize that you are a sinner apart from the gracious hand of God. Apart from God's grace, you're a sinner, you're wicked and separated, and Jesus, he goes and lives the perfect life that you could never live. He dies on the cross, he sheds his blood for you, and then he rises again for you so that if you make that personal, you repent, God will save you from hell and damnation and he will give you eternal life. That's the good news. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, if you taste and see that the Lord is good, you will begin to praise. You will begin to praise him. And as you praise him, you will be happy in God. So David is going to tell us about two aspects of how to praise God. So you might be asking me, well, okay, if I'm supposed to praise God, how am I supposed to do that? Well, God's word is going to give us the answer to that question. Starting in verse 1, we see the first aspect of what it means to praise God and thus be happy. Aspect number one is to praise always. Praise always. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So you see the first phrase there in Psalm 34, 1, I will. All right, David is making a determination statement. I will. Have you ever had an I will moment in your life where you just get so sick of something in your life that you're so determined you're going to say, I will, right? I will. I made a commitment yesterday. I will not eat a Casey's donut again for a while. All right, now I'm hoping that Jim Pollock and I can, can hold out on that, all right? But we covenanted together before the Lord. We had a moment of worship in this parking lot during VBS to say, God, let's just do it. Let's give up cake donuts. And you know what I'm talking about when I say cake donuts from Casey's? Can I get a witness here? I'm talking about the cake donuts that have the white frosting on them with the sprinkles. That is a little taste of heaven, I'm telling you. Now, I am, I've come to a place of determination. I will. And all the people said, Pastor, we're going to have a fun time asking you about that. Amen? Hey, how are you doing with the Casey's Donut thing? If my head droops down, I'm not doing well. All right? If I'm joyful, I'm doing good. All right? But David was saying, I will. I have a resolve. I have a determination to do what? Not eat Casey's Donuts? No. I will bless the Lord. He's determined to bless the Lord. So the word bless there means to kneel down or salute or to adore. So David is saying, I am resolved to bless God. I'm, a, I'm resolved to praise God. When, David? At all times. At all times. The word at all times there means whole or totality or each and every. Every time... Something comes our way. We are to bless the Lord. Now, what do you mean? Pastor, what do you mean? You mean when kids are crying during your sermon, you're supposed to bless the Lord? I bless the Lord. Amen, Craig Beveridge? Come on. Yeah. I bless the Lord. I praise God. When? When I'm distracted or when everything's really like perfect and my whole world is just fitting together. No, I bless the Lord at all times. 
in the good times and in the bad times, in the difficult times and in the joyful times. Consider these two verses, Ephesians 5, 20. We are to give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, listen to this verse from Paul. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So David says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually on my mouth. The word continually means perpetually. So David's mouth is constantly moving, giving praise to God for God's salvation in his life. So let's say this, David is praising God continually because he is feeling that praise in his heart. Did you know that you can only praise God with your mouth when it's in your heart? Amen? You can only praise God with your mouth when it's in your heart. So if I see you not praising God with your mouth, I can assume that there's no praise going on in your heart, right? Sometimes we praise God privately, sometimes. But when we praise God authentically, even private praise becomes out in our lips and in our words. So if we are to know Christ, if we know Jesus this morning, when should we praise, church? All, period, the, period, time, exclamation point. If Jesus has saved us. We should be praising God all the times, in the bad times and in the good times, in the COVID times. Can I get a witness? Hey, church, come on now. In the COVID times. This is a hard time for our, for our church, right? This is a hard time for our country. COVID-19. Have you heard of it? We are to praise God in the COVID times. Can I get a witness? All right, amen. In, amen, I like that last one. That was a good one. In the, in the racial tension times, praise God. We should praise God. We had 30 people in a circle here talking about racial reconciliation last Tuesday night. It was powerful. It was good. It was healthy. It brought glory to God. Praise him. In the, in the VBS week times, we praise God, Amen. In the rain, right in the middle of family fun night, right in the middle of the event, we get downpoured on. We go out in the rain and we say, praise the Lord, right? We say, praise God. Not because all the circumstances work all the time, but because by faith, if we are a Christian, we should praise God all the time. If you're a Christian, Jesus has taken away your sins. Praise his name. If you're a Christian, Jesus has removed the wrath of God from your life. Praise him. Jesus has rescued you from an eternity in hell. Praise his name. Before, in, and after trials, praise his name. As you and I plow through the year 2020, praise his name. No matter if things make sense to us or not, we are to consider all things as joy for the trials that God brings into our lives, James 1, 2. Church, if we are going to be a praising people, we must praise always. Secondly, we must praise together. 
Verse 2 and verse 3, David says, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. So in verse 2, David says, I'm going to make a boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. David is telling us that as he praises God, he has an audience around him. And that audience is identified as the humble. He's got a humble people around him, hearing him, seeing him, and being glad in his praise. So here's what this is all about. David is is saying there is a humble group of people that are listening to me praise. And because I'm praising, they are going to praise. They're going to be encouraged to praise because when I worship God, I worship not by myself. I worship in community with other people. Now, the word humble there means poor or meek or afflicted. Did you know that God loves humble people? Did you know that? He loves the humble. He opposes the proud, James 4 says, and he gives grace to the humble. God is looking for humble people according to Isaiah chapter 61. So when you and I, like David, when we choose to praise God, we have an audience around us and those audiences are looking at us finding joy in our praise, and they're being encouraged to praise God through our praise. What's all that mean? All right, here's what it means. Praising God gives hope to other people. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you praise God, you give hope to other people. Now, I want to talk to mature Christians right now. If you've been a Christian for some time, I just want to talk to you. Verse 2 is for you. Okay, if you've been a Christian for a little bit, verse two is for you. Do you understand believer, experienced believer, that when you praise, those who are less experienced in the faith look to you, they find you, and whatever they see you doing, praising God, they will be encouraged by your example. Or they'll be discouraged by your example. So mature Christian, I gotta ask you, How are you doing with verse 2? Because some of you need to repent this morning of a bad attitude. Some of you are going through a hard time. You've been a Christian for a while, but your attitude stinks to high heaven. And you need to repent to God this morning because younger believers are looking at you and they're like, oh, if that's what it means to be a mature Christian, maybe I don't want to be a Christian. Maybe I don't want to keep going in this Christian life because that allegedly mature person, all that they do is complain and sin and walk in darkness and slander. And you need to stop doing that and you need to start praising God. Amen? Sorry, that's a hard word for you, mature Christians. But if you're a mature Christian, it should be the greatest joy in your life to praise God in such a way that it encourages the new believer around you. If you're a mature Christian for real, you need to praise God in such a way that others around you are like, man, I like her, I like him, I like the way they praise the Lord because that brings gladness to my soul. Okay, sorry, that was a rebuke. It was a challenge. But I think the word of God tells us there that when we praise God, we affect other people. And you are probably affecting more people than you know with your worship. So 
David says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together in verse three. So David, you can feel his joy rising up here. He's saying, oh, magnify the Lord with me. David is saying, we have to praise together, people. We've got to do this in conjunction of a community. So David's praise is so powerful. He's, it's his relationship with God is so real and so life-changing that he has to invite others into the experience. So the authentic praise of God, it invites other people into the process. So um, C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, I find it that everybody praises what they delight in. Whatever they find joy in, they praise with their mouth. And he says, like runners praising the countryside, athletes praising their favorite, their favorite game. Or if you're, a, if you're a, uh, in a romantic relationship, those individuals praising each other as they date, right? C.S. Lewis had it right. You guys, this morning and me, we all praise what we enjoy the most. Now, some of you are Chiefs fans, right? Yes. All right, all right. And many Chiefs fans are rejoicing this week that they signed their star quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, to a long-term contract, right? Would, yeah, all right, all right. So here's what it means for me as a Bears fan. I get to live in perpetual discontent for the next decade of my life. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you just secured 10 Super Bowl trophies in the next decade, my prediction. But listen, sports people are really good at this, right? If you get excited about your team, you get excited about your sport, you get excited about what's going on, you know what starts happening? The joy of your heart starts leaping out of your mouth and you, like David, begin to say, Come exalt the chiefs with me. Let us exalt this team together. Why? Because there is intrinsically within the soul of man the desire to invite other people into the joy of your joy. You want people to participate in what you take delight in. So David says, unlike sports, when we see God and praise God and we know God and we're saved by God, we should delight to praise him and invite others into the experience. Can I get a witness? When you really love God, when you really take joy in God, you are saying, come and see what I have going on with God. You should be a part of this as well. Psalm 34 is not a militant, fundamentalism of any kind where, where those are threatened to join the movement or die. Fundamentalism, whether it's religious or social or economic, fundamentalism threatens people to join the movement or die. That doesn't bring joy to anybody, right? When you're threatened to join something, you, you feel scared. That's not Psalm 34, Psalm 34 is not militant fundamentalism. It is a joyful expression of worship from David to the community of other believers to say praise should happen all the time, but praise needs to happen together. So this morning, what is going on? 
Well, our worship is dependent upon one another. So I'm dependent as a pastor on row five and how you guys are worshiping this morning. And you're dependent upon me. And our joy in Jesus comes together in praise. So praise should happen always, and praise should happen together. So as we close, I ask the question again, do you want to be happy? Do you want to be happy? Of course you do. Well, you'd better start that happiness in your heart by praising God. Praise, as we praise him, God's joy comes down from heaven into our souls. And we experience his joy in us. And you can only have that joy through Jesus. So this morning, if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you can't possibly praise God because you're not in a right relationship with God because you don't know Christ yet. So my invitation to you who don't know Christ is this. Find your joy in Jesus for the first time. See yourself as a wicked sinner. See yourself as as totally desperate for the joy that only comes through belief in Jesus Christ. What he's done for you on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. And if you do know Jesus this morning, we are called, commanded to praise him. We are commanded to be happy. And I pray that if you know Jesus, that you will find your joy in him this morning. Let's pray together as we close. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for Psalm 34 and how David points us to joy. Lord, happiness comes when we praise. Happiness comes when we praise always. Lord, I pray that you would be with believers this morning who are struggling with the circumstances of their life and they're telling you, God, that they can't praise you this morning because of circumstances. God, may you encourage your people to praise you no matter what comes, no matter what difficulty is in our lives, Lord, would you move believers to praise your name. And God, I pray that you would help us praise you together. Lord, help us to see that we are in community together. We can't praise you fully if we don't do it together. So Lord, may we, as we close in our singing, may we just unite our hearts and may we unite our voices in the joy that we have in being saved by Jesus Christ. Lord, may we magnify you together. And Lord, I pray for anybody here who does not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. They've never made it personal. God, I pray that you would, by your Spirit, save those individuals right now. Would you speak to their hearts? Would you help them to see that their misery and their sadness and their anger and their struggle is due to the fact that they are not rightly related to Jesus Christ? Or would you move in every heart here, God? Help us to respond to you in praise. Lord, help us to glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen.